and welcome back to Zoom with Zarni. My name is Dustin Zarni, and I'm the Democratic Elections Commissioner for Onondaga County. It's Friday, uh, July or June 17th, and we're on the eve of early voting. Uh, but before I talk about that, I would, my guest this week on Zoom with Zarni is Alejandra Pollock. She's the Executive Director of the New York Democratic Lawyers Council. Uh, she's the brand new uh, director. You may remember Liza Abraham has been on our program a couple of times. She was a former uh, executive director. She's moved on to bigger and better things. And now Alejandra has taken over. Uh, she's launching a helpline for voters uh, starting tomorrow. So check that out. Um, check out that interview. And of course, also starting tomorrow is early voting for the June primary. Uh, it'll be running from June 18th to the 26th. On the weekends, it'll be 9 a.m. to 5 p.m. On Mondays, uh, Thursdays, and Fridays, 10 to 6 p.m. And on Tuesdays and Wednesdays, noon to 8. Those times are specific for Onondaga County. Uh, so if you're outside of Onondaga County, go to your county BOE website to get all that information uh, for tailored for your county. Um, of course, um, if you need an absentee to vote, you can still get one, but you have to come in in person uh, to the Board of Elections office to or have an application dropped off in person and have it picked up uh, because we are past the mailing deadline for those. Um, and if you do have an absentee, remember, you cannot vote at the polls on the machine. You can only vote by affidavit if you haven't turned in your absentee. And if you uh, haven't turned up your absentee, you're planning on, remember, it needs to be postmarked by the 28th. So get that absentee in. Get it in now. It'll be part of the election night returns this year for the first time. So uh, get that into us. Um, so uh, that's all I have uh, today. Uh, I'm happy to have this great interview with Alejandra Pollock. She uh, is uh, a dynamic uh, head of the new New York uh, Democratic Lawyers Council. And uh, she has uh, got a lot of great uh, uh, you know, energy to move that organization forward and be a voice and for advocates and uh, voters uh, throughout the state. So enjoy my interview. Bye-bye. And we're back. Oh, and I'm so happy to have my new friend, Alejandra Pollock. She is the executive director of the New York Democratic Lawyers Committee uh, or Council, I'm sorry. Uh, and uh, I, I've had the pleasure of uh, working with her predecessor, Liza Abraham. And now she's taken over and she's already had me on uh, with a couple of executive uh, calls. And I can see that the organization is doing a lot of great work. So Alejandra, thank you so much for coming on Zoom with Zarni. Thanks for having me, Justin. And uh, that is my toddler in the That's background. Okay. That's the reality of working remotely from home. Uh, That's right. I mean, in the you middle know, of an election cycle. Yeah, if we're <laughs> if we're not used to that by now on Zoom calls, uh, then uh, I don't know what to tell you. I'm sure everybody's watching or listening knows all about my, that. My favorite clip, and I and I go back to this in YouTube when I need a, a good laugh, is uh, that video of that CNN um, yes. uh, segment <laughs> when uh, <laughs> his wife comes in and starts dragging his children out of the, uh, out of the room. Yeah, she's tripping <laughs> over something. Yeah, it's, it's, it's incredible comedy. Yeah. Totally. <laughs> so, but uh, Alejandro, you know, uh, I know I've had uh, NYDLC on a couple of times, but there's always new people. So tell us a little bit about the New York Democratic Lawyers Council, how you got formed and, and what is your organization and, and how does it help our democracy in New York? 
Yeah, sure. So the New York Democratic Lawyers Council is a, a coalition that's made up, yes, of lawyers, um, but we're made up of many more things than that. We're made up of, you know, students, voting rights advocates and activists, essentially anyone who is passionate and dedicated to um, preserving our democratic institutions. And um, you know, what we do is we ensure that all eligible voters um, can cast their vote fairly and without intimidation, uh, and that their votes are counted fairly and accurately. Uh, and we do that uh, through a number of efforts and initiatives. Uh, we draft voting rights legislation. We advocate for that legislation. Uh, we provide legal support uh, where needed, both here in New York and uh, nationally. And of course, uh, you know, we operate a voter protection program. Uh, you know, I'll be talking a little bit later about uh, this helpline that we're launching to help voters uh, access uh, information uh, in this elections landscape. Uh, but we also uh, organize and operate our in-state voter protection program, uh, which involves poll observation uh, in uh, target congressional districts and counties. And uh, we also uh, run an export program. Uh, then you know, you know, New York, Manhattan specifically, has one of the largest concentration of Democratic attorneys in the country. Mm -hmm. And so we have you know key swing states, battleground states that tap into that resource pool. Um, and you know, we we uh, help funnel uh, you know Democratic volunteers and attorneys uh, into uh, battleground states voter protection pipeline. Uh, so we do a lot, uh, but nevertheless, we are, of course, under-resourced, understaffed, like any anything worth doing uh, in, in terms of preserving our democracy, but um, we make it work with, with what we have, and uh, we have a really strong uh, network of support. So yeah, that's a little bit about uh, NYDLC. And uh, what about uh, Alejandra? What, how did you get involved with? Uh, are you a lawyer? Uh, uh, is that how you got involved with NYDLC? Or <laughs> I am not a lawyer, what? and that is yeah. And that's what I stress to folks is that you really don't have to be an attorney um, to do this work or to get involved in this work. Um, you know, I came to this space. My background is in fashion, right? Like I'm an operations girl. I'm, I'm an operations manager. That's that's my background, you know. And um, I came into into um, you know the the voting the voter protection landscape in 2020. Uh, I uh, I actually knew um, my predecessor, you know, before Liza, before Jarrett. Uh, there was a guy named Rob Donovan in New York politics who was what kind of was a, one of the first to really understand um, the importance of voter protection, uh, both here in the state and and nationally. Uh, you know, this was back in 2000, right? Way before voter protection was this sexy uh, um, effort and before uh, it really became what it is now, which is really kind of the front lines of our democracy right now. Um, and and uh, I met with Rob Donovan. I was putting on kind of uh, webinars around systemic racism and um, the Black Lives Matter protests in 2020. And you know, the the biggest call to action from these protests right out here outside of my window in Union Square was to vote. And right around that time, we were seeing voter suppression and subversion in 
Georgia primaries and the Kentucky primaries. And, and that's when I became really interested in understanding what was happening in, in this landscape. And so I connected with Liza Abraham. She joined me for a webinar uh, that I organized. And then I uh, decided to kind of join the NYDLC as a super volunteer in 2020. And I ran our export uh, operations. So I ran, you know, the or I organized the, you know, the recruitment of volunteers and the placement of those volunteers in key swing states through the Midwest, uh, you know, Wisconsin, Pennsylvania, Michigan. And I volunteered as a poll observer myself in, in Michigan and in the Georgia Senate runoffs in 2021. And then, you know, two years later, here I am uh, as, uh, you know, Liza's successor. Like I never thought two years ago that I would be here, but, you know, I always kind of had one foot uh, in politics, in statewide politics, um, even while I was um, in the fashion, embedded in the fashion industry. And, um, you know, most recently I worked on uh, the Fashion Act, which is, you know, a piece of legislation that's been making its way through the New York State Legislature. And that's when I realized, you know, the importance of policy and legislation. And that's an aspect of NYDLC's work that I'm really eager to, to build on and grow because that's how we translate, you know, the solutions that um, we were, the, the, the issues that we see on the ground and the solutions um, that our volunteers um, bring you know at the on the ground uh should be translated into into law so that we're not constantly reinventing the wheel for every single election cycle so i know it's kind of a bit of a strange trajectory to go from fashion sustainability to voter protection um, but there is actually quite a bit of overlap in the work that i was doing in the fashion space and the work that i'm doing now well organizing is organizing and organizing uh, I mean, is organizing you know whether you're organizing a union shop or a campaign or, you know, I mean, it, it, while there are different uh, ideologies in there, we're all kind of serving the public good, so to speak. It's not like we're, you know, corporate lobbyists. <laughs> we, no, that's we right. And, and even legislative advocacy, right. like it doesn't matter what bill you're pushing, the mechanism is still the same that's and the right. obstacles and barriers are still the same. That's right. And, yeah, and we're always under resource, as you said. So, uh, <laughs> So, um, you know, obviously New York is going through a tumultuous redistricting process. And, um, you know, and, 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 and because of that, New York has gifted us with an extra election this year uh, and brand new lines and candidates getting ballot access. Uh, is NYDLC uh, involved in, in, in that aspect of all or, you know, what are your thoughts on that? Uh, involved in in which aspect? Uh, well, just in redistricting or your candidate access for because of that. I know you you help uh, Democratic candidates get on. You know, uh, with with legal challenges. Have you been have you been involved too much in in the redistricting stuff, or 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 even if you have any thoughts about what what we've just uh, kind of experienced, that's fine too. 
Yeah, we, we weren't really involved in the redistricting process itself. Um, we do have, you know, members of our coalition and our and our leadership um, that were very intimately involved in the redistricting process and, you know, kept us uh, really updated, very closely updated on uh, developments on redistricting. Redistricting mattered for us um, because, you know, under the legislature drawn maps, we had the opportunity to pick up um, some key seats, right? And to flip uh, and then hold, of course, the seats that we currently have. And so we were paying very close attention to those lines uh, so that we could, as it, it informs our poll observation efforts, right? Um, we would have prioritized um, the seats that we uh, were, you know, uh, projected to pick up. Um, of course, the New York Court of Appeals decision resulted in a pretty disastrous reversal um, in, in that sense. Um, and now we are looking at uh, a few losing some powerful incumbents. <laughs> and uh, really, it's just thrown uh, the Democratic Party into chaos in many ways. Um, but, you know, in terms of this bifurcated landscape that this bifurcated primary election landscape that voters are facing. I mean, this is really impacting voters statewide. I happen to, you know, I, I'm constantly, uh, you know, in touch with very educated and knowledgeable voters who are, uh, you know, very knowledgeable about New York's election law. And even they are confused about where, when, and how to vote. And if they're confused, then frankly, all voters are confused. And not all voters know where to access the information that they need to cast their vote accurately or on time. And, you know, having, you know, we, we put together uh, an election law manual to train our volunteers and some of the updates to the election law since voters last turned out into procedures are, are really important for voters to understand um, so that they can have their voices heard in this election. So yeah, to say that redistricting has resulted in serious chaos, I think is an understatement. Um, but as an organization and as, you know, NYDLC is technically the voter protection arm of the New York State Democratic Party. We are the voter facing entity, you know, in New York. It's really up to us to make sure that um, we are, um, we are, you know, helping voters access that information. And that kind of leads right into the next topic, you know, is you're helping, you're launching a helpline. Uh, for this primary and which will probably be in place, I imagine, for the August primary and the, and, and the November election. Uh, tell us a little bit about that work and how voters can access that. Absolutely, so, well, I'm excited to announce that it, it, um, we are launching this Saturday, uh, June 18th, uh, just in time for the early voting period for this Ju upcoming June uh, primary election. And, you know, normally we um, will go off, we would go offline uh, until September, you know, until we get closer to the November general election. But 
due to the fact that voters are going to be voting in August and deadlines are going to uh, are coming up, you know, for that election, we're going to keep this helpline live um, for the duration of, of the 2022 election season up until the, that November 8th general election. I'm very excited that we were able to recruit enough um, bilingual volunteers uh, to offer a dedicated Spanish helpline. I hope that as the cycle progresses that I can expand and build on that um, to launch a multilingual helpline uh, so that we are uh, you know, serving non-English speaking voters uh, statewide who are often the most vulnerable to misinformation and to you know, uh, a lack of access to accurate information. And uh, yeah, so so this is the number is one eight 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 three NY vote. That's a very easy to remember uh, number. It's an it's an easy number to communicate. Uh, the Spanish line is one eight 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 three NY vota. Vota, of course, is is the Spanish word for vote. Uh, so again, very easy to communicate and remember. Uh, and um, our helpline hours are you know Monday through Friday from. 9 a.m. to 8 p.m. Our weekend hours are 10 a.m. to 7 p.m. And we have trained helpline volunteers standing by at the ready to answer any and all questions uh, related to uh, the voting process, to the upcoming elections, including you know, information about registering to vote, information about applying and uh, for absentee voting and uh, returning their absentee ballots. Um, New York voters should remember that if, if you're registered to vote in New York City, uh, you can only vote early at your assigned early voting location. Outside of New York City, uh, voters can turn up at any early voting poll site and cast their vote. But within New York City, you know, you can't do that. You got to go to your early voting poll site. And that might be different from your election day poll site. And the hours vary, right? So there's a lot of information that voters um, need to know and may not know where to find it. And of course, as you know, Dustin, you know, our boards of election are, they are, working around the clock to administer these elections and may not be able to get back to voters in a timely fashion. And so that's where we really come in. We come in here to provide that information and be kind of um, hold, hold voters' hand as they navigate, you know, this confusing landscape. Yeah, and I mean, that's why I, uh, I like to highlight uh, democracy advocates on our program here, because there are a lot of resources out there for voters that are not just boards of elections, that are not just campaigns, um, that you know have sometimes have an ideological bend, sometimes they're nonpartisan. But there are resources out there for people to get a hold of, and the helpline that you're about to launch uh, is another resource. And this is going to be a very uh, confusing year. You know, mm -hmm. you mentioned your background was in, um, you know, uh, in, in legislative. Uh, uh, you know, you know, advocacy, and obviously the New York Legislature just closed their session. Uh, some big voting rights bills uh, that were passed: uh, the New York Voting Rights Act, moving the, the voter registration down to ten days, the Wrong Church Bill. Uh, but a lot of voting rights bills were left on the table, like no excuse absentee and same day registration, restarting that process, which will now push that back several more years. 
before mm -hmm. that that can even be voted on by the voters. Well, what are your thoughts of um, you know this last session, and what do you think you know what what do you think that uh, we can still do to better our democracy in New York? Oh well, there's a lot that we can still do. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. but I look back at this legislative session, and I, I consider it a success. I mean, really, the fact that we were able to pass the John R. Lewis Voting Rights Act of New York, which is, my gosh, this this bill is groundbreaking, right? There's no other state uh, that um, you know it, it basically projected New York from last to first on voting rights, right? Uh, and I think the fact that we have some extremely dedicated um, election law chairs in each chamber, you know, Senator uh, Zellner Myrie and Assembly Member Latrice Walker, they really are championing some important, important bills through the legislature and work very closely together. And so even though I, I came into this role kind of in the middle, uh, I came into my position as executive director in the middle of the legislative cycle in May, which is really kind of too late to really have much of an impact. Um, I, I'm, I'm going into you know, the next legislative session uh, with high hopes um, that we can build on the wins and successes of this year. Of course, we're still waiting for Governor Hochul um, to sign these bills into law. Um, I'm hopeful that, that she will. Um, but again, you know, it's really important that we translate kind of this energy around voter protection into legislative advocacy, right? Like within my community, we have a lot of folks that are like, yeah, tell me how to volunteer. Tell me uh, what helpline I can volunteer on. Tell me what state I need to drive to. And I want to translate that energy into legislative advocacy, because if we, you know, if, if we can bring that, that energy to Albany, I think that we can move these bills a lot faster. Uh, and, um, you know, voter education is, is critical. I think the reason why we don't today in 2022 have same day voter registration um, is because we, as a party in the state, you know, we did not invest in educating our voters around what they were voting on. Uh, in 2021, whereas our counterparts, our Republican counterparts, spent millions uh, to ensure that those, uh, you know, um, ballot procedures failed, right? So, so that's where we are. Like, as a party, we really need to have a come to Jesus moment about what our priorities are in terms of voter protection and voter education. And I'm not seeing enough of it, but I'm hopeful that um, we'll continue to see greater investment and greater prioritization um, for advancing these issues. Yeah, I, I do think that, uh, you know, there was a little bit of hubris as well. I mean, the we know about what happens in odd year turnout in New York State, and absolutely. And, and, and look, I'm I'm guilty. You know, I thought these <laughs> things were going to be passed too. This was a come to Jesus moment for me as well, because it, you know, as a as a, a voting rights advocate, you think, well, who would be against no fault absentees? Heck, the Republicans were for no fault absentees before uh 2020 they you know they mm -hmm. wanted it as an alternative for early voting so uh you know they why would anybody uh campaign against that i understood that somebody would campaign against same day but i think the 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 fact that no fault absentee didn't get through but i do 
give credit to the legislature for passing the 10 day. Um, yes. It, well, has it I, I got to say, it, I give credit and now I'm like, you know, looking at next year, like, hmm, how am I going to get that done? But that, they better, they, because it is going to be an intense uh, change for boards of elections, but mm -hmm. there will be same day registration now, in a sense, on that 10th day before the election, that because that's the first day of early voting. So that Saturday before, or the two Saturdays before the election, that first Saturday is going to be uh, something that people can organize around, and that's and that and that's good. Yeah, we we we're watching that closely. Uh, that Kavanaugh bill. I'm I'm really hoping that that Governor Hochul um, signs signs that into law. Do you know when um, when uh, the rule would apply or when the law um, would yeah. be? would be would it be for in time for the august no uh, no so it, it, it's it's effective january 1st 2023 okay so uh both the 10 day the wrong church they're both effective in the new york voting rights act takes three years to come into fruition and i actually as much as i'm, I'm a voter advocate i i like when we don't try to make things immediate because you know boards of elections are already uh, you know, uh, strained. And if you're changing the rules in the middle of the game, it, it, that's how things get uh, dropped. In 2019, we had to do a lot of things immediately because we wanted to change and get early voting in. But now I think it's better to just, you know, if you pass it, give us till January so we can get rules in place, train our people and be ready for it. So, um, so it won't be effective this year. And I, I got to be honest, uh, most of the bills that were passed this year won't be effective this year. They'll be effective next year. So it's, it smells like uh, a, an October signing right before the election would be uh, something that Governor Hogan might be uh, looking towards. But I have no inside knowledge, but uh, it kind of kind of makes sense. Uh, but uh, um, and, and right you know, so. I, to, to, I think to your earlier point, you know, we have to think about the the voting infrastructure you know, and the different stakeholders that are involved um, in that infrastructure, right? And so as much as, again, we wanna advocate uh, on behalf of voters and strengthening our institutions, um, you know, elections are run by everyday people <laughs> and, you know, they need the time and the resources, you know, to ensure that that's a possibility. And uh, that's something that we advocate for as well as ensuring that our boards of elections have the resources um, that they that they need to um, to do their jobs. Yeah, that's one of the, the the few disappointments I have is that the Senate worked very hard on a lot of board of elections reforms. Uh, really came to the middle on some of these things to make practical reforms that were going to be challenging for boards, but also um, you know showing that they they uh, address the needs of the voters especially some of the the funding discrepancies that we see throughout the state where certain uh, places, uh, you know, have all the cash they need and certain places don't. And, uh, um, you know, I, I felt like they really put together and, you know, a, a package of bills that would hold boards of elections accountable, give them resources, and also expand voting uh, rights to a lot of voters. And unfortunately, they just couldn't get through the assembly. So, I mean, some things did, but that particular package of bills just none of them really made through and that's i i imagine that's going to be something that uh you know senator myrie and, and assemblywoman walker are going to look at 
uh, come January. I mean, redistricting made everybody's life hell, including the legislators who don't know when, where they were running. So I think uh, that hurt um, a lot of legislation uh, all year long, so. Yeah, absolutely. I, that's one thing that I'd like to see is just better coordination between the Senate and the Assembly on, with, in terms of the passage of these bills. So many bills make it past the Senate and just get stalled in Assembly. And, you know, I think we just really need to do more in terms of, you know, advocacy, targeting our leadership in the Assembly to ensure that they are, you know, passing uh, these bills in parallel to the Senate. It's just so strange to me that that you know the assembly is not moving. Yeah, I mean, I guess they're kind of the you know they're kind of the saucer cooling the milk a little bit on yeah. on some things, but uh, it is uh, um, it, you know we we did uh, I don't want to belittle the assembly at all. We had some major passages this year, and uh, uh, so you know, and and then of course there's the big freak out about even year elections, you know, from a bill that really wasn't going anywhere, but I think it was kind of telling that a lot of these uh, Republican communities were so afraid of more people voting and uh, to the point where they mobilized against that, like you thought, the, you know, we were uh, coming to set their villages on fire, but we were just trying to spread democracy. It was, a, it was an interesting uh, thing, but I, I think that actually highlighted a, another potential uh, battleground over the next few years if Democrats can retain uh, the Senate and the Assembly um, and the governorship. So that's, of course, everything comes down to that, right? Absolutely. <laughs> you know, it, it doesn't matter. We saw what happened when there was a Republican Senate that just never passed anything. Nothing. So, so, yeah. um, so Alondra, you know, we're kind of getting towards the uh, end of this, uh, but uh, you know, I always like to end with uh, the question, what haven't we talked about? What What is a pet project, a, a cause, something that you want voters to know about, anything you want, the floor is yours. Yeah, thank you so much. Well, uh, NYDLC uh, is, you know, a self-funded organization, uh, despite the fact that we are, you know, the official voter protection arm of the New York State Democratic Committee. Uh, we do all of our own fundraising, and so we're putting together some pretty exciting uh, programming over the summer uh, and in the lead up to the November election. Um, I will say that um, folks should continue to watch our space um, for updates on our poll observation uh, program. Uh, we need to find, you know, local volunteers who are representative of the communities uh, that we seek to protect um, in this cycle, um, because the more volunteers that we can have from the communities, the better we can serve, serve those voters. Uh, so, you know, I will just, you know, make an appeal to continue looking out uh, for updates from NYDLC as the election season progresses, um, because we have so much more work um, to do. And uh, we're doing that work and we're training the volunteers and, uh, and you know, we're, it's, it's, it's challenging work. It really is. It's not easy. And um, there, you know, you have to 
overcome inertia, you know, to, to do this work. Um, but I'm really lucky to be surrounded by really dedicated um, professionals and individuals and volunteers um, that, uh, that uh, work together as a team to ensure that all voters have fair and equitable, you know, access to, to the ballot. So, you know, keep watching our space and for more updates, there's way more to come. Uh, overcoming inertia seems to be, uh, you know, uh, a common problem. <laughs> and, you know, I always, I hate the, well, that we're doing it that way because that's the way we always did it, you know, and, and, you know, society is changing, the way we interact with each other change, the way, uh, you know, uh, people interact with entertainment hit changes that, you know, we used to sit down in front of televisions all day long. Now we stream, you know, now, you know, you know it, people, there is no central place for information the idea that voting should remain the same as it was back in the 1940s is, is silly. And, uh, um, you know, in, in doing things like early voting, more mail-in absentee vote voting, making sure people know this information, you know, that fighting for that, fighting for that expansion is something that is, uh, we'll, we'll be doing till we're old and gray, I imagine. So, uh, <laughs> but Alejandra, I want to thank you so much for coming on the program and thank you for your advocacy and your work. Uh, where can people find uh, NYDLC? www.nydlc.org. And we are at NYDLC on Twitter. Perfect. Uh, that was Alejandra Pollock. She was, uh, she's the executive director of the NYDLC and, and I was very happy to have her on. Uh, next week, I'll actually have a former uh, executive director of NYDLC, our old friend, Jared Berg, who's the uh, co-founder of Vote Early New York will be in the middle of the early voting season, which starts tomorrow on Saturday, uh, uh, you know, and the helpline will be there. I'll put that in the show notes if you need that. Uh, so remember to get out there and vote. If you're a Democrat or Republican anywhere in the state, you have items on the ballot, uh, especially here in Onondaga County, governor and lieutenant governor for Democrats, governor for Republican. Get out there and vote and, uh, and, and make your voice heard. And then we'll see you again in August and then we'll see you again in November. All right, go to onvote.net if you have any questions. Thank you very much for coming and enjoy the rest of your day. Bye-bye.